Hello and welcome to Financial Planning Explained. My name is Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner and Host and Founder of Menninger & Associates Financial Planning. As I indicated in my pilot and my first episode, the purpose of this show is to uh, provide educational content on the six different areas of financial planning. And the intent is to bring in industry experts, corporate executives, and business owners so that we can provide a message so that you as the viewer can learn something every day. Today, of the six areas of financial uh, planning, we're going to be talking about risk management, which quite frankly is insurance planning. And insurance planning covers all the different arrays. You've got homeowner's insurance, life insurance, disability insurance, uh, long-term care insurance, and a variety. But the one piece of insurance that we all have, or most of us have, and we talk about every day, is medical insurance or health insurance. And with me today is a friend and also the person who runs our benefits program at Menninger & Associates. I have with me today Adam Peltzman, founder and owner of Health & Benefits Partners. Adam, welcome. Thanks, Thank sir. you very much. Good to see you here. Thanks for having me. I, tell me a little bit about yourself and your company, please. So my name is Adam Peltzman. I'm the president of Health & Benefits Partners. Uh, we specialize in working with individuals, small groups, Medicare, helping them navigate the Affordable Care Act, mm -hmm. Medicare, Medicare Advantage products, and small group health insurance. Good, good. Well, this is a critical time of year. Yes, because busy. everybody's got to be doing either at work with their open enrollment or if they have private plans or if they're Medicare, Tell me a little bit more about what the timing is. Here we are at the end of the year. Yeah, so you know this is a very busy time of year for any insurance product and primarily for health insurance, right? right? So if you're under 65 and you're self-employed or you're unemployed or you don't, your business doesn't offer group health insurance products, okay. right? The Affordable Care Act and the Obamacare exchanges, right, right, right. they're November 1st. So, so we're coming into today's, what, October 30th. So November 1st starts open enrollment for anybody who's under 65. If you work for a business, a lot of businesses renew January 1st. So you're coming into your open enrollment period right. where you have to make changes to your drug plans or your, your right. um, pick which doctor, which plan you want that your employer's offering. And then if you're on Medicare, you have between October 15th and December 7th. So you have about... Oh, really? Yeah, you only have a few weeks there to make a decision for all of 2021, so for all of the next year. And so, what if you don't? Is it then you revert back to whatever your plan was in the prior year? Yeah, so if you don't make a decision and you, you mess up or you make a mistake and you don't make any changes, then you'll just keep what you have for the following year. Oh, okay. But what if... Um, you haven't signed up. And, and I've heard, help me out with this a little bit because sure. I know if you are attain age 65, you have to sign up for Medicare even if you don't need it. Okay, so that's a really good question. And we get this a lot, especially from, from people who work for bigger companies. And if, are still working. And are still working, right. yeah. So it used to be you turned 65, you retired, you got your Social Security, you went on Medicare, and you right. sort of lived the rest of your life. People are working longer, right? Social Security's been pushed out a few years, so it's not 65 for mm -hmm. normal retirement age. So people are working longer. If you work for a company, Medicare has these coordination of benefits rules that are in place for big businesses. If you have 20 or more employees, you really don't need Medicare. In fact, you know, if you work for a company, pick a big, big company, um, there's no reason for you to get Medicare B. It doesn't do anything. Medicare is going to be a secondary payer. Your group health is going to be primary. So if you work for some big organization, there's really no reason to get Medicare. 
at all. Really. But you have to sign up. You can sign up for Medicare A, but you don't need to sign up for Medicare B. You may not need to, but is, correct me if I'm wrong. If you don't sign up for Medicare, don't you, even if you don't need it, you're working for a corporation and you have your own- 20 or more employees. Okay, but if you don't sign up for Medicare, aren't you penalized later in life for not signing up when you're age 65, or yeah. is that a misnomer? It, it's not a misnomer. So if you work for a company that has over 20 employees, you don't need to sign up for Medicare, and there will be no penalty later. Oh, really? As long as they had over 20 employees. And what happens is when you sever your employment for whatever reason, you'll have to sign up for Medicare at that point. The employer signs a form, you sign a form, you send it in. The employer's form just says, yeah, this person had coverage from this day to that day, okay. and now they can sign up without a penalty. Okay. Now, if you work for a company that has 19 or less employees, then you're going to need to get Medicare A and B. Interesting. Interesting, even if the company would otherwise provide the coordinated benefits? Yeah, so if you work for a company like our company has eight employees, okay. right? If you were 65 and you work for us, you're still gonna need to get Medicare A and B. There's no way around that okay. because our insurance carrier will pay as a secondary payer. So you're gonna need a primary payer, which is gonna be Medicare. Well, you don't necessarily need to get a supplement or advantage product. You can stay on our group health plan, but you need to have Medicare A and B on the background. Okay, so now what if, is it 20 employees or 20 covered participants? That's a really good question. It's 20 employees. Okay, so even if some of them, and I have a couple employees on my plan who are young enough that they're still on their parents' plan. Correct. So okay, which is great, I don't, but, but they count towards that 20. Absolutely. Good to know. For good sure, to know. for sure. What else is there to know um, about before the end of the year? The, the Affordable Care Act, I, I tell you what, I, I'm going to ask you not intended to be political questions, but questions that I have because I don't understand. And if I don't understand, I'm sure a lot of viewers don't understand. You hear being politicized the loss of or one candidate is going to do away with the pre-existing conditions. Can you please share that? Because I think there's a lot of people out there who are concerned. Okay, so th this is, a, we only have one meeting, right? <laughs> We're here for 30 minutes, right? Right, so, exactly. Um, so the Affordable Care Act, you know, is a, is a broad mandated piece of legislation. Actually, there were some really good things about that legislation. Yeah, you had said that. You told right? me once before. There were some really bad things, just like any other legislation. There's some really positive things, and there's some, some not so good things with it. What I'll, what I'll say that was really good about it is it really standardized health insurance. You right? told me that. You so told me that. all plans that are fully insured or that are ACA, ACA compatible are either platinum, gold, silver, or bronze level coverage. So right. it doesn't matter if you're in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, New York, whatever. Um, it standardizes it. It's, you told me that because exactly. the plan I have is whatever I have with you right. is if I went through the Obamacare plan and I got the proactive silver, which I think I have, right? Yep. It, it's exactly the same coverage. And the only difference with the Obamacare is if my income was below a certain threshold and I was getting it through there, I get subsidy. Yeah, so that's the, that's part of the Affordable Care Act. So the big part of the Affordable Care Act is it got rid of pre-existing conditions, right? So it got rid of pre. What do you mean by there's that? There's no pre-existing conditions clauses. Oh, so okay. So there used to be prior to that, you would sign up for health insurance. You could sign up for health insurance, and then you would they would approve you, and they wouldn't cover a pre-existing condition. Oh, they wouldn't for okay. maybe 12 months or two years, whatever policy you got, right? Okay, but the Obamacare basically made it so that the pre-existing condition clause is irrelevant. Correct. So in other words, even if I had a heart condition, I move in and I'm good. Now, is that all plans? All Affordable Care Act policies. Okay. So part of your political conversation, which I'm not going to weigh in on the politics side, is 
they are, some states have allowed for medical on, medically underwritten plans that don't cover pre-existing conditions anymore. I didn't know anymore. that, okay. So that's where you're starting to see a pullback. Now part of the issue is that each state regulates their own insurance products. So Pennsylvania has different insurance products than New Jersey, oh, which really? is different. Yeah, so Pennsylvania is inter, or, uh, insurance is interstate commerce. So unlike, uh, let's say, a mutual fund with you know, ABC mutual fund company, which is the same in every state, right. health insurance is governed by the state laws. So it it's all a little different. Governed in what different. way? Is it that the proactive, the silver or something? Is, I thought that was the same everywhere. So not every state has, not every insurance company has a proactive silver plan, which you're referring to. They all have really? a silver plan, but and a silver plan in theory is all 80% actuarial value. That's what I mean by standardization. So if you move from New Jersey prior to the Affordable Care Act, in New Jersey if you had Adams Insurance Company and we called it our platinum level plan, maybe it still had a $5,000 deductible, but in New Jersey you had Mike's Insurance Company, their platinum level plan didn't have any deductible. So there was really no standardization, really? Okay. right? So the Affordable Care Act got rid of that and they said, look, if you're going to be a platinum level plan, you're going to cover 90% actuarial value. If you're going to be gold, it's 80%, silver, okay. 70%, bronze, okay. 60 So it doesn't matter if you get a platinum level plan in, in Michigan, it's going to be very similar to a platinum level plan in Pennsylvania. Right? Okay. Now, what you have to be careful of this time of year is the networks have changed. So they've skinnied down the network. So, Meaning like uh, Aetna or U.S. Healthcare or? Not so much the insurance carrier, but within those in carriers, they may have limited networks. Oh, so the you in might network have like, doctors and the out of network correct, doctors. Correct. Like you might have a Philadelphia network, which you, maybe you can't use in the Lehigh Valley. Right? So you want to make sure your providers are on those plans every year. Okay. As you're picking it. So you may say, look, rates went up 10%, which is not uncommon. So you want to, oh, I'm going to go to this less expensive plan. Right. But you need to make sure your doctors are on that network. Right, right, and right. And maybe right. your drugs are on the formulary, right? Because that's the other thing they change. Right. So okay, yeah. That's, so one of the things that I found, um, or maybe I don't know, and maybe it's because my plan is small, but can an employer get a plan that allows the employees to choose different types of plans. For instance, you know, I may see doctors three times a week. My spouse may never see a doctor but taking 10 meds a month. Yep. And another employee doesn't see either of the doctors and some employees need dental. Do you have the ability or do I have the ability as an employer to create a plan that allows each of my individuals to select their own piece, or do I pick one plan and one plan fits all? So this is a great question. Um, what's the answer to most financial planning questions? It depends. <laughs> that is the answer. That's great. the answer for health insurance. Big help. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's why I get paid the big bucks. Right, I got it. Uh, that depends on the state, depends on the carrier. Right. Oh, really? Yeah. So and some not the size of the group or the size of the group and the too. size of the group right, as well. Okay. Some carriers, you know, if you have a hundred lives or three hundred lives, maybe you can have four or five plans. Right? Okay. If you have two life group, you're probably only going to be allowed to have one plan right. to choose Understood. from. So the answer, unfortunately, is it depends. Well, one of the things that you also indicated, um, and to be between you and I, I find the medical insurance to be annoying. Um, You're not the only one, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> You're amongst friends. There's plenty of people watching. Yeah, right, okay. Feel the same way. <laughs> and so um, one of the things that I've noticed over the years, and it may be associated, I mean, you may have told me this years ago, is it used to be I got the family plan. And the family plan would either be, you know, I buy my own insurance, I buy it for me and my spouse, or I buy for the whole family. But didn't 
you say that the Obamacare has basically made it so that it's now just a group of individuals in my household? So in small group, which you're referring to, and the individual marketplace. So if you don't work for a company, you're self-employed, you don't have any employees, okay. your family rate, if you go through the Affordable Care Act, is gonna, like I'm 42, so I'm, I'm 42, my wife's 42, and I have three kids. My family rate is a 42-year-old, a 42-year-old, 11-year-old, nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, okay. right? But let's say you're 42 also, but you have one child. Your rate's gonna be you, your I don't spouse. look very good for being 42, do I? Rough sandbox. <laughs> That it was a rough sandbox for you. So, 42-year-old Mike, 42-year-old right. spouse with one child. So your rate's going to be less than mine because I have three kids. Right, I'm right, maturing. Right. You have one. Now, uh, separately. Today, your family rate, I don't know how old you are, but let's just say you're 50, your rate's gonna be a 50-year-old, a 50-year-old, however old your kid is, maybe right. your kid's 18. So an 18-year-old's gonna be more expensive than an 11-year-old. Right, of course. Right? So your family rate's gonna be different. So when you look at small groups, this only applies to small groups and individuals, um, it's hard to really compare. Like you talk to your friends, oh, my friend's only paying 500 a month for his insurance. Well. A, they could be on a platinum level plan or a bronze level plan. They might not be insuring a spouse and three kids. You know, it, it, unfortunately, it depends. So let me ask you this question, and, and I know this can work with group life insurance. And, you know, if we're group life insurance and we're in the same age band, mm. okay, we're both 50-ish years old, they only differentiate male, female, smoker, non-smoker, and I could have all kinds of medical conditions, and you're healthy. Yep. and we pay the same premium yep. for life insurance. Does it work the same way with medical insurance? It does um, in small group, individual market, actually even in large group. Um, yes, it does. You're gonna get the same, it, everyone gets the same rate. So every 42 year old gets the exact same rate. Now, if you smoke tobacco, the insurance companies could increase your cost. Right. But a male pays the same rate as a female. Now, prior to the Affordable Care Act, men in the younger years paid less and the older years paid more. The break even was usually right around 50. Well, right. that's because women are in childbearing years. Primarily childbearing years, right? right? And then men right. get a little sicker as they get older, right? right. So um, the rates used to be different. Uh, the Affordable Care Act got rid of that. So now every 30-year-old pays the same rate for that same plan in that area. So where we are, we're in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, right? right. So every 30-year-old in the five counties pays the same rate. Now, if you smoke, every 30-year-old tobacco user Right, so it's broken rate. into two categories or three, you know, the, the male, female. It's not and, broken down male, female anymore. It's oh, really? Just, yeah, 30-year-old. I did not tobacco, know that. When did they switch that? Uh, 2010, I guess. When oh, the 20, I was say 20 years ago. It's oh my been gosh. a long time. <laughs> yeah, okay. I guess I'm a little bit behind <laughs> the times. It's been a little bit of a while. We are in the season of Medicare, and we're also in the season of open enrollment for corporations. However, I'd like to spend a little bit of time uh, for hopefully the viewers can just understand the different choices they might have with Medicare. Now I'm hearing, and this is because I'm significantly under age 65, um, there's Medicare A and B is what I used to know, then there was D. Now they're using half, half the alphabet anymore. But please help the viewers, help me understand the different things and what should people be looking for as they're signing up? Yeah, so there's no shortage of letters right. you know, in, in Medicare, that's for sure. Um, I think the base for all Medicare policies is Medicare A and B. And as we touched on earlier, you have to decide if you need Medicare A and B based on your employment situation. Tell, right? tell us real quick for the viewers, what is A and B? Okay, so Medicare A and B are through the, through the uh, federal government. Mm -hmm. You purchase them through Social Security. So right. you go to SSA.gov, you can sign up. And Medicare A is your hospitalization. 
skilled nursing facility out in uh, hospice care. And Medicare B is pretty much everything else. So doctors, x-rays, MRIs, CAT scans, physical therapy, occupational therapy, most services that you or I would use in a go given to the doctor, day. Basically yeah, going to the doctor. Most of that's Medicare B, right? So Medicare B is really important to have. Now, again, if you work for a big company, you don't necessarily need it. But it's really important to have because that's where most of your services are going to fall. And then under. D is the prescriptions? And D is drugs. So A and B, you get through the oh, federal D for drugs. D for drugs. I about that. We're very original. <laughs> this is the insurance, the insurance was, you, you probably helped come up with that idea. I actually was on the team that spearheaded Medicare. That's good. Yeah, sure. That's good. Uh, it was my idea, as a matter of fact. Uh, <laughs> good to know. So, yeah. So A and B are imperative. That everything's based. Everything you do with Medicare is based on having A and B. Yes. Right? So you have to have A and B. Then You don't have to have B. Uh, if you work for a big company, you don't. But if you're going to be on Medicare supplements or Advantage products, you do. You should have B. You, you don't have, have to. to. You have to have B. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. If you're going to be okay. on a supplement or an Advantage product, you have to have B. Okay. And yeah. then what other are letters of the alphabet are there that are pertinent? All right. So, so when you do your Medicare decisions, we could do probably two weeks just on Medicare if we wanted. Not a ploy, no, thanks. Not a ploy to invite me back or anything. <laughs> but, you know, if you wanted to invite me back. Um, so... If you decide you want to go to a Medicare supplement plan, yes. then there's plans A through N. So oh, really? Medicare, so you have Medicare N. A and B, then you have Medicare supplement A, B, there used to be C, D, F, G, K, L, M, N. Now, they just got rid of C and F for anybody who's turning 65 this year, turn 65 What happens when they year. run out of letters? I'm assuming they're going to go like double A, double B, double But I apologize for interrupting. So the Medicare supplement is very important. In fact, I talk to my clients all the time. And as for long-term, not long-term care planning, that's very different. But for long-term planning, they're always concerned with medical costs. And, you know, I realize that the cost for supplement is totally different because you can either get a Volkswagen or you can get a Cadillac. But the good news is I found that the cost to the individual between Medicare, which is what's now $144 a month, mm -hmm. which is automatically deducted from your social security payment, and then subsequently you buy medical insurance, the cost for that insurance is substantially less than when you're in your 60s. Yeah, I mean, compared to a 64-year-old not covered through an employer, just buying it on your own, mm -hmm. it's a third of the price. I mean, yes. Medicare is very, very affordable in that respect, right? Absolutely. Now, if you work for an employer and you're not paying much for your insurance, it could be a little bit more expensive. But the coverage is very good with Medicare. And so you can get a supplement plan. You just pick a supplement depending on what gaps in Medicare you want to cover. If you decide not to go to a Medicare supplement plan, you can get a Medicare Advantage plan instead. What's it, the difference? Yeah, so this is a really good question. Um, on a Medicare supplement plan, Medicare is your primary payer, and your supplement fills in the gaps. Medicare supplements also called a Medigap policy. Okay, I've heard that. Okay. Right? So they're the same product. Okay. So you go to any doctor that takes Medicare, and your supplement or your gap policy fills the deductibles, whichever plan you got. Okay. If you decided to go to a Medicare Advantage product, Medicare Advantage, the insurance company, is primary. Oh, really? So it looks, acts, and feels more like your group health plan. Oh, really? Where you would have a copay for a doctor, a copay for a hospital, a copay for a specialist, but every Everything's bundled together on the one card. So you get your medical and your dental on the one card. So right? as an end user, is the Medicare, uh, the Medicare Advantage plan simpler for the end user? 
or not really? The Advantage is an easier product to understand, for sure, because most people are used to their group health plan where everything's on one card, right. and they're used to having co-pays to go to the right, doctor, right, right, right. go to a facility, right? So that's, the Advantage products are more like your group health plans that you're used to having, okay. right? A supplement's a little bit different, you know, there's a lot of cards you gotta put in your wallet. So right. you have your, advan your uh, supplement card, you have your Medicare, Medicare card, card, you have a drug card. Oh, really? Right? So okay. that's Medicare D. So most Advantage products will bundle, you know, your right. Medicare supplement and your drug plan together into one card. And by the sound of it, it varies state to state. And you know, it varies plan by plan. And oh, really? County to county. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. Just, so just like everything else, as we already it discussed, depends. it depends. Uh, and I realize, and I don't want to pin you down on this, but is it generally speaking, it sounds like a simpler, more robust plan to have the Medicare advantage is that generally speaking more expensive than the medicare supplement or about the same no so generally speaking the advantage products are less expensive on really? a monthly basis yeah really um, so, so it almost seems that that would be the way to go it depends <laughs> you know, it depends on it depends on the specific client. Depends on if they're traveling. It depends on what plans are available. If your doctors take the Advantage products or the supplement products, so it, the the answer is unfortunately it does depend. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, um, different strokes for different folks. Of course. Of course. And it's always good to sit down with someone. Um, get some information. There's a lot online that you can find. Uh, do your own research if you yeah. wanted to do your own research. And we have plenty of clients that come to us. They do a bunch of research and then they come to us and ask us our opinions. And sometimes they, they work with us and sometimes they don't and that's fine and we're happy to help. Yeah, well I have to tell you, Adam, I mean, you've been terrific. Um, you know, you're obviously doing my plan, uh, our company plan, and you know, you're the most knowledgeable person I know in the subject material and I always send everybody over to you. So uh, clearly your company does the medical benefits for the group plans like I do, mm -hmm. and you do the individual plans that if someone is either self-employed or they're not covered or they retire at age 60 and they need a medical plan or whatever, and you also do the Medicare supplement and the medical Medicare Advantage. Yeah, so we do anything really health insurance related. Good. Right, so any of the small group individual Medicare products. Excellent, excellent. Well, that's good to know. Is there anything else that you feel we didn't talk about today that, that the viewer would benefit from, from a knowledge perspective? I mean, I think the viewers, everyone needs to look at their own individual situation, figure out where they are, right? Um, if you're covered through your employer and you're not happy, it's always a great idea to look to the marketplace and see what else is out there. Maybe you can get something less expensive. When you reference the marketplace, are you talking about the Obamacare? Not, not necessarily the Obamacare, but the marketplace. Just okay. go out and see what else is out okay. there. Kick the tires. Um, it depends on what, where you're working. Sometimes it's less expensive. Sometimes it's not. If you can get subsidies via the, the Affordable Care Act, that marketplace. Of course. And then a lot of times it is less expensive. Absolutely. And that's um, a game we play, actually, is financial planners and yes. you know there are many times that someone may be 60 62 and they're bridging the gap between now and medicare and while they may need income to cover their cost of living we structure their income so that they keep their income below the threshold where then they get the subsidies from the federal government absolutely and, and it's really it's a great planning tool that we as planners use and i'm sure you do the same thing yeah, well, if, I mean, remember, if someone retires early at, say, 60, 61 or 62, those rates in the individual marketplace are very, very expensive. 
Yes, right? they are. So, you know, you will do a lot to, to control that rate, and you have to control your income to keep that cost under control. One more question for you, um, because we need to wrap up. If I were to decide to go directly to Aetna or U.S. Healthcare or whomever it is mm -hmm. out there that does this anymore because I've lost track, and I were to go directly to you, is there an additional cost for someone to go to you, or is it the same as if they went direct? Uh, it's the exact same price. So why wouldn't somebody go to you? Um, you know, because I have a face for radio. <laughs> um, why wouldn't somebody? I don't know. Uh, there's, there's no cost generally to talk to an insurance advisor. It's just it's miseducation. Well, you know what? I think that's wonderful because, um, you know, I, I am a, a wholehearted believer in a good advisor is more than worth their value. And if it costs them nothing more to have someone provide them with the product that they need, there's no doubt in my mind, which is why I send everybody over to you because of the fact that you're so educational and you guide the client, not even guide them, you help them make the decision. So I'm wrapping up in the show here, we're out of time. Adam, I'd like you to take a moment, you look in the camera and you tell people how they can get a hold of you. So first off, thank you for having me. This has been a great experience. Um, my name's Adam Peltzen, I'm with Health and Benefits Partners. Uh, we're certified financial planners, registered health underwriters. We specialize in working with individuals and small groups and Medicare products. So you can feel free to reach us at 215-240-1263. Go to our website, myhbpartners.com, or you can email me at adam at myhbpartners.com. Well, thank you very much, Adam. Thanks, man. Absolutely a pleasure. I greatly appreciate you coming on to the Likewise, show today. Thank you. Absolutely very educational for me. However, I'll realize that I'll probably forget 90% of it. No, no worries. Just feel free to give me a call then. <laughs> I will. That's why I send people over to you. <laughs> so uh, I thank Adam for coming on to the show. I thought hopefully that all the viewers learned something. Um, again, it's a subject material as part of the overall financial planning. It represents the risk management, which is insurance planning. And of all the different types of insurance, as I indicated in the introduction, uh, this is probably the most important one. And insurance is all probability and statistically based. The more likely something is going to happen, the more you're going to pay for a premium. Meaning that if you're at life insurance, if you're at a high risk of dying, you're going to pay more than someone who is at a low risk. So that is across all forms of insurance. Well, we all go to doctors. We all break our legs. Well, hopefully we don't break our legs, but um, we all have medical issues, emergencies. And as you know, as you get older, the more likely it's going to happen. Therefore, obviously, your medical costs and medical premiums go up. What I found with uh, financial planning and particularly retirement planning is one of the things that people find to be the biggest hindrance to retiring prior to age 65 is the cost of medical insurance. And again, the cost of medical insurance is, it depends, but each individual is going to be to the tune of $1,000 to $1,200 a month in their early 60s, and you multiply that by two people, suddenly your medical insurance costs get to be very expensive. However, nowhere near the level of expense of being sent to the hospital for an emergency. I've heard people come home and they get the bills. Mind you, they don't have to pay for it because it's covered by insurance, but it's amazing. You go to the hospital for something reasonably simple, and next thing you know, your bills are in the six digits, well over $100,000. So 
Anyway, thank you for coming. Uh, once again, Financial Planning Explained. I'm your host, Mike Menninger, certified financial planner and founder and owner of uh, Menninger Financial Planning. And the next two episodes, I am going to be talking about taxes. Arguably one of my favorite subjects, but I have a lot of favorite subjects within this. So the two episodes on, on tax planning, the first episode, uh, part one, is going to be really talking about the federal tax system and how it works. And then the second episode is going to be talking about planning and strategies to maximize tax efficiency. So thank you very much, and we'll see you next week.